Well, one quick announcement before getting to the message. Pope Francis has designated today World Day for Grandparents and the Elderly. So to honor all grandparents, as well as our elderly parishioners and guests, Father Mike will be doing a blessing out in the tent on the plaza after we are finished here. Well, thanks so much for being with us this weekend. We're especially glad you're joining us. This is your first church experience in a long time or first time ever. And if you're new or relatively new, we have a free gift. Thank you for being with us today. Simply text the word WELCOME to 410-216-5534. Today we are wrapping up our series on the book of Proverbs. And in the first week of the series, we talked about how Proverbs was written from a father to a son. So it makes me think of some of the Proverbs I would like to share with my own children, my own personal Proverbs. So I'll share a few with you, a few of them with you today. Uh, one of them is this, life is always better after a workout. Uh, I find no matter how tough a day I have, if I work out, I feel better about life, get those endorphins going, that's one of them. Uh, when you lose your why, you lose your way. That's another one, that when we forget why we are doing something, we inevitably get lost and get off course. Uh, in life, you're gonna have problems you might as well have high-class problems. Uh, You might as well have the problems that come from growth and success versus uh, not taking responsibility for things. Um, uh, Blessing is on the other side of obedience. I believe when we obey God, we'll see blessing on the other side. Uh, Choose to play the hero and not the victim. I think it's really important. That's another one. And finally, the last one and maybe the most important one, never, never, under any circumstances, eat yellow snow. So... uh, yeah, maybe that one's not so profound or insightful, but in uh, any case, there's some of mine. Maybe you want to come up with some of your own Proverbs that you would pass on to others. Well, as I said, we are wrapping up this series, and today, as Father Michael mentioned earlier, we were talking about Proverbs as they come to us and relating to people and interacting with people. And we're going to talk about doing something today that in some ways we're taught not to do, that many people would say Jesus said not to do, but I think we have to do if we were to act wisely when it comes to people and that is to judge them or at least kind of judge their character now you can say well jesus said don't judge people well he said you need to take the plank out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your neighbor's eye and so uh, we'll talk about a little bit about that at the end but maybe even and i'm not saying judge people in the sense of judge where they're spending eternity of course that's not for us to do but we do need to be discerning, maybe that is the better word, discerning of people and where they are coming from and discerning of their behavior and their patterns of behavior as we interact with them, as we experience them. Because here's the mistake we make. We tend to think that other people act the way we act or to to have a character or behavior the way that reflects our behavior. You see, you take responsibility for your life. You work to take responsibility for your life. You think, doesn't everybody work to take responsibility for their lives? No. If you do something wrong or if you hurt someone else, you are generally sorry and want to make amends. Isn't everyone like that? Nope. You generally want what is good for other people in your heart of hearts. Isn't everyone like that? Not necessarily. And so when it comes to interacting with people, to be wise... We need to interact with them based on who they are and not who we are. And so to offer us wisdom in that, in dealing with the different types of people, Proverbs describes five different types of people. 
that we are going to have to deal with and gives us advice and, and counsel on how to deal with them when they have a, we have a problem or issue with them. So to get the most out of this message, what I would encourage you to do right now is to think about one person with maybe who you're having a problem or an issue or some challenges with in that relationship and as you, we talk about these five different types of people, to be discerning where you would put them, and it will give you some counsel or wisdom for your next step in dealing with them. So who are the five types of people as Proverbs describes it? There is the wise, the simple, the fool, the scoffer, and the wicked. The wise, the simple, the fool, the scoffer, and the wicked. So we're going to look at each one of those. So we'll start with the wise. Who is the wise person? And when it, when it comes to thinking about the wise person, again, it's not an intelligence thing. It's not about how smart they are. It's more of a character issue. And Proverbs tells us with the wise person, they see the truth. When the truth presents itself, they see it, they take it in, they internalize it, and then they act accordingly. They adjust to the truth or they work to adjust to the truth. They take responsibility for their lives and they're genuinely sorry when they hurt other people. So what do you do when you have a problem or an issue with somebody you deem or you discern to be a wise person? Proverbs tells us, reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to the wise and he will be still wiser. So Proverbs says when you have a, a problem with someone you think is wise, a wise person, a, a, a wise man, a wise woman, what do you do? You talk to them. Now, you, you need to do this wisely, right? You don't just run at them. Well, you messed up, you made this mistake, and you come at them with all this emotion, right? Well, anybody's going to get defensive in that. But you do come and you present the facts, and you, you sit down, you have a conversation about the facts as you understand them, the story from your perspective, and maybe the impact or damage that you felt from that, and you share that with them, and the wise person will say, thank you. Thanks for the feedback. How can I do better? This past week, I had a conversation with someone whom I would deem to be wise, and I was afraid there might be a little bit of conflict or how he would react because I made a little different decision than, than his counsel. And so I, I shared my perspective on everything. And, and after that, he said, well, thank you. Thanks for taking the time. And you know, I made a decision. He said, congratulations on that. And it was great. Very, very gracious. At other times, I've had problems or issues with people who, if I thought about it, were wise, and I, I put off the conversation, put off the conversation, put off the conversation, and do you know who suffered as I put the conversation off? Me. I did. And then when I finally sat down and had the conversation, we worked things out. So when you have a problem with a wise person, talk to him. Talk to her. All right, the next is the simple, and here's how Proverbs describes the simple a prudent person sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. Here's another proverb that says this about the simple. The simple believes everything, but the prudent looks where he is going. So in both those proverbs, what they describe the simple is just somebody who doesn't see things. So when you bring a problem or an issue to a simple person, often it just goes right over their head. Or their, their, their eyes kind of glaze over. They just, they, just, they just don't get you. Quite honestly, young people, teenagers, 20-somethings, you're often simple. And that's not your fault. It's just that wisdom comes from, not from experience, but from the evaluated experience. And you just have less experience in life. 
So I would encourage you to, be, to ask questions and not be afraid to ask questions when you don't understand something. Wives, to be quite honest, we husbands are very simple, right? They're often just things that go over our head. We, 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 we don't get it. So you, you got you 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 to be kind to us. So when you have a problem with a simple person, what do you do? You coach them up. You um, try to give them illustrations. You draw them a picture. You're more creative in your communication. You ask them questions and, and encourage them to evaluate that experience. What did you think was going to happen when you put the fork in the electric socket? When, when you said that at the party about me, how did you think I was going to feel, right? You, you, you ask these questions to try to help them evaluate their experience. This was Jesus with the apostles. The apostles were incredibly simple guys. They all the time are not getting it. And so we would see Jesus over and over again, taking them aside and trying to explain what he was talking about. You know, he would tell them, he would say a parable and they'd be like, we didn't get that. He's like, all right, the seed is the word of God. And the, and the seed that falls on the rich soil is like the seed that falls on the good and the noble heart. One time he was talking about going to Jerusalem to die. And they're talking on the way about who's going to sit at his right and his left when he comes into his kingdom. And so, you know, who's the greatest and who's the best among them. And so he takes a little child. He says, look, guys, you need to be like this little child. You need to be dependent upon God. And I'm thinking, who is the greatest? So Jesus did this with the apostles. He coached them up. He asked them questions. He gave them illustrations. All right, now we get to probably the most difficult one, the fool. And the fool, again, like the wise person, don't think of intelligence. In fact, the fool is often very, very, very smart. They might even be the smartest person in the room. And here's the difference between the fool and the wise person. Whereas when the wise person, you present the truth, they figure out how to adjust their lives to the truth. The foolish person when you present the truth, tries to get the truth to adjust to him or her. And as a result, they go into a blame game. You know, they, they say, hey, I would have got this done, but I didn't have enough money or resources to get it done. You didn't give me enough money and resources to get it done. Or if you had given me more time, then I could have possibly pr- completed the project on time. Or, you know, because you don't trust me, therefore I go out and do all these things that I, you don't want me to do. You know, they, they blame, blame, blame everyone else but them. And when it comes to human interactions, we, we would say this, right? That while there are times one person's 100% right, another person's 100% wrong, usually you know, everyone in this situation shares some level of accountability or blame or responsibility for the actions. And so again, wise people own what is theirs, but the fool does not. The problem with the fool is the problem is never in the room. He or she will not take any responsibility for the problems. And as a result, they bring pain and suffering into people around them. And here's the mistake we make with the fool. We talk to them and we talk to them and we talk to them and we keep on talking, we keep on talking until it becomes nagging. And if you're finding yourself nagging, right, you're probably dealing with the fool and it's a mistake to keep talking. Here's what Proverbs says. If you choose to keep talking to a fool, answer not a fool according to his folly or you become, lest you become like him. Keep talking to the fool and you become the fool. Talking isn't working. 
So what do you do when you discern, I'm dealing with a foolish person? Here's what Proverbs tells us. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. So you beat them? Yes. I mean, no. I mean, you want to, right? (laughs) But not literally, but figuratively, yeah. You got to bring pain into their lives. You got to boomerang the pain back to the foolish person. Because what the foolish person has figured out is how is for how everyone else can feel the pain of their irresponsibility. And so you need to figure out how to boomerang that pain back to them. Henry Cloud in a book called Necessary Endings says it this way. A plan that has hope is one that limits your exposure to the foolish person's issues and forces him to feel the consequences of his performance so that he might have hope of waking up and changing. You are hoping the fool will wake up and change. In recovery, they say it this way. When the pain of where you are is greater than where you need to be, then you'll change. And so you're hoping the fool will wake up and change, but they will not change without some pain. So how do you bring pain into their lives? Well, Henry Cloud says it. You set limits. You try to limit the pain you're experiencing. And you still will experience pain with the fool. You still will, but you're trying to limit the pain you experience and then set consequences for him or her. If you don't clean up your toys and you leave them out where I'm going to trip over them, then I'm going to take them and I'm going to throw them out and you will no longer have them anymore. Right? If, you're gonna, if you're not going to do your homework and not take responsibility for your schoolwork, then I'm going to take your phone and you're no longer going to have it. If you are not going to meet the deadlines that this team counts on you to make so that we can get our projects done or meet our goals, that I'm going to take you off this project or you're eventually no longer gonna be on this team. On this team, we're gonna have people that support a healthy culture and who are team players and get along with other people. And if whoever's in your position, they're gonna get along with the rest of the other team members. You decide, is that gonna be you or is that gonna be someone else? That's your decision. You need to bring the pain and back to them and see the consequences of their actions so they will feel it. This is the way Jesus acted towards the Pharisees. We'll talk a little, bit, a little bit more about this next week, but the Pharisees thought they were like better than everybody else, they weren't, but they weren't taking responsibility for what was their responsibility. They were religious leaders and didn't care that people didn't know God. And they were, as a result, they had this huge ego. So Jesus went after their egos. He would say things like, you blind guides, you blind fools. You think you're so smart? You are a brood of vipers. You whitewash tombs. On the outside, you look good, but inside, you're full of dead men's bones. I mean, he went after them. He wounded them. He hurt their ego. Why? Because he hated them? No. He's trying to get them to wake up and change. So then we come to the next one, the scoffer. Scoffer is the name of the proud, haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. Wow. (laughs) I mean, how many more ways could just this one verse say that the scoffer is dripping with pride? Proud, haughty, acts with arrogant pride. Reprove the wise person, he or she will love you. Reprove the simple person, they won't understand you. Reprove the fool, he will blame you. 
Reprove the scoffer, he will hate you. How dare you? How dare you tell me I need to change? How dare you bring a problem to me? Who do you think you are? They're full of pride. And so they don't admit any need to change or grow. So what do you do when you realize you're dealing with a scoffer? Here's what Proverbs tells us. Drive out the scoffer and strife will go out and quarreling and abuse will cease. So this is the hard thing about the scoffer because you will only recognize how much of a damage they've caused or how much, how toxic they are to your environment after they leave. But you got to drive them out. You got to drive them off your team. You got to drive them out of your organization. You need to drive them, drive them out maybe of, of the circle of friends. You got to maybe drive them from your home because they are they're causing quarreling and strife and abuse and you won't recognize until after they're gone. But you'll see it so clearly. This is Jesus with the Sadducees. And the, Jesus interacts with the Pharisees all the time. They're one set of religious leaders. The Sadducees, he does not because they're scoffers, they're full of pride. And it was the Sadducees who were in charge of the temple. And so eventually one day Jesus goes into the temple and he drives out the money changers. He says, get out, you're making my father's house a marketplace, it's a den of thieves, get out. He drives them out because they were so full of pride they thought they could abuse God's household. All right, so that's the scoffer. Now we come to the last one and perhaps the most confounding the soul of the wicked desires evil. The wicked. The soul of the wicked desires evil. And this is, again, what's so confounding to us, and, and we can't even make sense of it. That there are people who desire evil. And all of us understand we, we've done evil. Every one of us knows we've sinned, we've done wrong, we've done things that are just, they're wicked, they're evil. We've, we've done things we're not proud of, we know are wrong. Even good people do that. What's the mo so confounding is that there are people who in their souls, in their hearts, actually desire evil. And it's an incredible mystery. Recently, um, this early in the summer, I was rewatching Daredevil, which is on Netflix. Uh, Daredevil is a Marvel superhero. And I was rewatching it with one of my sons. And I, I really enjoy, especially this first season, it's, it's interesting because I enjoy it for a couple different reasons. Uh, although I do forget, I forgot how violent it is. But it's, it's interesting because one, the daredevil character is Catholic. And so he has these very interesting conversations with a priest about good and evil. But the other reason why it's interesting is because there's a one character, Wilson Fisk. And throughout this first season, especially, you're trying to figure out who he is and what are his motivations and what's he all about. And he does some things wrong, but even kind of says, well, I do that because I actually have good intentions towards this city and I, it, 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 you need to go through these things to make things better. But then it culminates in the final episode and he gets arrested and he's sitting in the back of his police van and there's two SWAT team officers there and he says to them, I want to tell you a story. And the one guy says, shut up. The other guy says, no, let him tell the story. And he begins to tell the story about a man going to Jerusalem and how he falls into the hands of robbers and he's beaten and they take his things. And he goes on to tell the story of the Good Samaritan. Again, this whole like, kind of religious theme is throughout that first season. So anyway, he tells the story of the Good Samaritan, but then he finishes and he says this, I used to think I was the Good Samaritan. Now I know. 
I'm the man of ill intent. And afterwards, like there's an explosion and all this stuff goes on and it just plays out. You see, he is a man of ill intent. There are people that have ill intent towards you or your family or your organization or your business. So what do you do when you know you're dealing with someone of ill intent? What does Proverbs tell us to do? Send lawyers, guns, and money. Actually, that's not Proverbs. That's Warren Zevon. So some of you know that song. But what, what we mean by that is you need to protect yourself. Lawyers, you only t- I, I will not talk to you. You can talk to my attorney. Guns, you look for police support, right? Money, you arm yourself. You prepare yourself for battle. You need to protect yourself because the pers- you cannot trust the person of ill intent. Um, Jesus was like this. Well, eventually he handed himself over to be crucified. In John chapter 2, we we're told he told that he would not trust them, and this was some of the religious leaders, because he understood human nature. He understood that they were wicked and evil, and he could not trust himself to them. All right, so at the beginning of the message said to think about that one person you're having a challenge with. And again, a reminder, what should you be your next action step? So if it's a wise person, Talk to him or talk to her. If it's a simple person, coach them or creatively communicate with them. Help them to evaluate their experiences. If it is a fool, let them feel pain. Figure that out. And that's often very difficult and challenging, but figure out how they feel the pain of their irresponsibility. If it is a scoffer, drive them out. And if it's a wicked, you need to protect yourself. So as we go through this kind of grid... In applying this, and I apply this at times, I try to start at the top. Have I really talked to them? And so the person you're having an issue with, have have you really sat down to have a conversation with them? He's like, well, well, we were passing each other and I said something. No, 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 come on. Have you really sat down to have a conversation with them? Because maybe that's your next step. But if not, then you start to think about, if you already had that conversation, then you start to work your way down through this grid. Now, obviously, as we apply this to our lives, we do so prayerfully, we do so lovingly, we invite the Holy Spirit into us to give us his spirit of of understanding and and, and wisdom that we don't want to be discerning in a way that's that's harsh. And then I would encourage you to do one other thing before you apply this to your situation, to apply it to yourself, to ask the Holy Spirit to search you and to know you. Say, Spirit, am I being wise here? Am I being open to the truth? Spirit, am, am I being simple? Is there something I'm not getting that someone, this other person is trying to tell me and I'm just not listening or getting? Am I being foolish? Am I not owning my part of the problem? Do I need to drive out some pride that's gotten into my heart? Do I need to guard my heart from some ill intent that I don't, I don't want in there? That we apply it to others, but first we apply it to ourselves. We ask the Holy Spirit for wisdom, spirit of wisdom and understanding so we can apply this well. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words of wisdom from Proverbs. We pray that we would be men and women that would live wisely as you have given to us. And so as you give us this wisdom, Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit come upon us right now. Give us wisdom to know what to do with what we just heard today. We pray for all our relationships that we would handle them wisely as your son did. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen.